The Seattle Seahawks come away with their second straight win in as many weeks, taking down the Carolina Panthers 37-27 in a very impressive win at home. Maybe recapturing a little bit of that home dominance that has been lost in recent years. And this was a game that was very much driven by your offense. I believe they had about eight scoring drives in this game. Started out good from the start, stayed good throughout the course of the game. They went from settling for field goals early on as we got deeper into the game, finding touchdowns, finding that end zone, finding pay dirt, but they were good throughout and you needed them to be so. But it was a, a game where Geno Smith once again played fantastic football. It wasn't perfect. There's a couple moments in there that you can kind of nitpick at like you could have done last week, but overall he was really carrying the day and you can't expect this guy to play flawless when he's looking at his offensive line in its current shape. The Seahawks came into this game down already. They're starting two offensive tackles. That's pretty tough for any offense to overcome, much less any offense to be prolific, much less any offense to just about have to score every single time they get the ball. But then you were also going to be down your right guard with Phil Haynes out of this game. That meant rookie fourth-round pick Anthony Bradford was going to need to take over. And Anthony is a very talented player, but he is a very raw player. So Geno Smith's getting all of this done. He's playing pretty Pretty mistake-free football. While he's got, just to start this game, three-fifths of his offensive line out. Evan Brown went out of the game last week, so you know he's ailing a little bit with something. And then you lose Damian Lewis for about a quarter and a half in this game as well to a hand injury. And so Geno's going up with this uh, all up against him a little bit to have to overcome. But it's not slowing him down. It's not slowing the Seahawks offense down. They're finding points on every single drive. They're finding consistency. They're moving the chains. This is what we ideally idealized when we were thinking about this offseason, this offense and this offseason that it could be a top five team, that it could be the big driver of this team, that it could carry the load with all of the weaponry that they have to attack with. And they were able to utilize all that weaponry today. But it was Geno Smith at the head of it and Shane Waldron on the other side of it making great, great calls as an offensive coordinator for your Seahawks. I mean, he was picture perfect in keeping this Carolina Panther defense on guard, not quite sure of how the Seahawks were going to attack them, willing to still throw, having his tackle situation where it was, as the Seahawks actually threw more than they ran on a day where their top two running backs had over five yards in average per carry. So they were still willing to throw the ball because that's where they saw the holes Understandable, I think, from Waldron's standpoint, too, when he was looking at that Panther defense because they were down their horn, their starting cornerback, one of the better cornerbacks probably in the league. And then Henderson went down very early in this game. And then you had Luvu, their linebacker went out. As we were weakened out on our offensive line, so, too, was this Panther defense pretty weakened on their side, down quite a few guys as this game went on. It was really a game at one point that felt like, you know, whoever's going to be win, whoever's going to win is just going to be the team with the most healthy guys at the end of it. It felt like you're going to lose about half of your team at one point the way that this game was going. But a sensational job by Gino and Waldron at the head of this, in my opinion, to really keep that offense consistent throughout the game. In Waldron's case, early on, doing a lot of featuring in there with DK, getting around to the tight ends, working his way back to the run game a little bit later on in the game, just being creative, not just one note throughout, but going to a variety of areas and again, keeping that Panther defense on its heels and uncertain about what's coming from where. The running back situation with the Hawks. A lot of people love to lament over the last two drafts the picking of Kenneth Walker III and Zach Charbonnet back-to-back in second rounds of these respective drafts. You have the analytic folks saying that you just don't do that. Running back value. Take them in the fifth round. You should never spend money on backs. You should never pick them, but after the fifth round. You get these guys that are hardliners in regards to this kind of talk. And I think what you got to see today from both Walker and from Charbonnet is why those guys are difference-making talents at the position. Why they can give you a little bit more 
than that typical fifth round rookie run that fifth round running back can. Walker, 18 carries, 97 yards, five and a half yards per carry average. Also catching three passes out there for 59 yards, including a deep one down the sideline. He was tremendous. Also though, Charbonnet chipping in with his side of it. Nine catches, 46 yards for Charbonnet. He was an absolute hammer in the running game, man. That guy finishes runs like nothing else. It's beautiful. It, it takes me back to the days of beast mode a little bit and him being willing to punish tacklers for daring to try to tackle him. He had that one coming up the sideline at the end there, right near the end zone where he's got a full head of steam and that defensive back's coming up to tackle him and he blasts that guy and sends him about three or four yards flying backwards so fun to watch and you have a pure pure thunder and lightning setup right now between walker and charbonnet with what they're able to do and not only was it they were getting a lot of yards and giving a high yard per carry average today but you were seeing them get this work done when there wasn't always holes created by the offensive line sometimes it was hard work sometimes it was tough sledding for these backs but rather than them getting held up in the backfield with a negative two or three yard gain they'd get out of that tackle find some space free, get up the field and turn it into a four-yard gain. You saw what it would be like to have running backs back there that can be difference makers at the position. Not just get by guys, not just try hard guys, but guys that are difference makers at the position and what they bring, especially when you have an offensive line that's really, really ailing up there, right? This is a game to kind of push back against those analytic folks who say, no, it's all about the offensive line when the running backs have any kind of success. They are what only determines the running back success. Well, if that's the case, how do the Hawks pull off what they pulled today down basically four-fifths of your offensive line for a big part of this football game, and yet your backs were still able to be successful? And if you're watching the eye tape, if you're looking beyond the stats, you would have known that these backs were creating yards on their own on many of these carries. Not all of them, but on many of these carries, and that is really how they were getting it done today overall on offensively and in running the ball. Defensively, it was a little bit of a struggle, defensively speaking, in this game. Uh, Dalton came in and we said, we got to make him uncomfortable. Don't let him dink and dunk you to death. Don't let uh, Andy Dalton and his arm beat you as you've let so many backup quarterbacks in recent history take you apart at times. And indeed, those looked like through the early part of the game that that was indeed what the Hawks were going to do. Dalton was uh, free and easy back there for a lot of this game, not under much duress. You were looking at the soft zone defenses of the Hawks dropping back into coverage to depth, leaving a lot of stuff underneath there for Dalton to then attack and to feed on a little bit throughout the course of this game. The defense had some highlight moments. The defense has had some spots in this game where they had some really big stops. So it wasn't all bad. It wasn't that they had no answers at all, as we've seen at times of this defense in recent years. You indeed had some moments that really, really stand out to me. For instance, coming out of halftime, Hawks are down by a point right? You're looking to try to get a little bit of momentum capture going. The defense gets a quick three and out in that moment. And that really helped to feel like kind of galvanize the team forward at that point. The offense came back, got a touchdown drive at that point. Things were starting to kind of roll in the right direction on that stop. So the defense did find some stops in this game, but it continues to be that when you look at this defense and how they're getting hit, it's those soft zone defenses. It's miscommunication. It's dropping to depth and then allowing those easy short routes in front of them to be completed over and over and over again. And once again, like we saw with last week, in those few rare moments where the defense actually does dial up the pressure-based looks, not always bringing the pressure, but dialing up the pressure-based looks, in those moments when they actually decide to do that, they get the returns from it. They get the, the favorable results from it. You got Dalton unsure when he'd see the stack fronts. If you dropped him back, he'd sometimes still be thinking the blitz was coming. And you had your best moments with Dalton in this game, a game in which he threw for 360 yards, when you had him uncomfortable. 
when there was some pressure coming there. So they, they continue to get the zone defense out there to the high propensity and then a very small amount of the blitz looks. But when they run the blitz looks, they have a tremendous amount of success. I'm not sure why we don't run a little bit more of it, but that is what happened in this game. Now, Dalton wasn't able to be as efficient as some other quarterbacks have been able to be against you in recent years here. 34 of 58. So it took him 58 attempts to get to 361 yards. And there was one point or another here where this Panther team, offensively speaking, just said, to hell with it when it came to trying to run the football. We've got to give the Hawks defense a lot of props as they seemingly have fixed up that huge gaping issue from last year and that you had so many games get deep sixed by the defense and by the defense's inability to stop the run at all. This year, that doesn't look like that's going to be a problem here as 14 carries, only 44 yards on the day from the Panthers. This is the third straight game to start this year off where you have been very good at stopping the run and sitting at the head of that, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jaron Reed, making his return to the Seahawks. I tried to tell you guys back when we signed him here and they, they announced that they were going to move him to more of a nose tackle role that I thought this was going to be a good fit for Jaron. He was going back to his foundations. Yes, he's been more of a three-tech type guy here as a pro since coming out of Alabama as a one-tech nose tackle. You're moving him back now to more of a nose tackle role this year. And a lot of people are going, well, he hasn't played good against the run in recent years, though. And I thought, well, once you ask him to just lock in on stopping the run, I think we're going to see some improvements for this guy. I think it's going to look maybe just a little bit different than it has looked in the past on that side of things. And Jaron Reed was an absolute monster in this game. Uh, eight tackles, a sack and a half, a tackle for a loss, three quarterback hits, and a pass defense because he wasn't done there. Absolutely, I don't think you're going to see a better game played by a defensive tackle throughout the sport of football this year. Uh, overall, I don't think, is he was just splashy. I mean, he wasn't necessarily a game wrecker like Aaron Donald-like, but he was showing up throughout. His effort was there. He has helped to really solidify, I think, a lot of what you're trying to do in stopping the run is on the back of Jaron Reed and Bobby Wagner's return back to this team and what they're bringing on that side of it. But Jaron Reed might have had what might be his best game as a Seattle Seahawk here. He's sliding right back into that nose tackle role and he's doing so seamlessly. Another guy we got to give a lot of props to here is going to be Devin Witherspoon. Witherspoon went out there for a second professional game and he really was good. I mean, he was awesome. The Panthers came in this game looking to test him, looking to go after the Rook. And they, they worked it over there over and over again, and he held up. He was tight in coverage. He was knocking balls away. He was making plays on balls. Um, you don't see him blowing routes. He's also was every bit as what we've expected him to be as far as physical in the run game, coming up there and helping, being a good tackler. Also even laid a hit down there on the sideline, showing off a little bit of the ability to, to hit as he showed on his college tape. Even though he's only a guy that weighs 190 pounds, he absolutely is willing to go in there and bring it. He had 11 tackles on the day for you, representative of the fact that he is a willing tackler. He is not your atypical corner looking to make business decisions, looking to avoid tackling where he can. He's going to stick his nose in there and he's going to do his part and, do, and, and be helpful um, in being able to stop and help stop up the run this year as that looks like that's going to be a benefit to this defense as we do go forward. But hopefully maybe some of the Jalen Carter stands out there that have been banging the drum for him over and over again here ad nauseum to start this season off are starting to see a little bit more clearer now why the team went with Witherspoon because he has shown you through these two games why he was a top five pick. I mean, he has been absolutely tremendous, especially understanding this is not a guy that had any preseason action. 
This is a guy who's playing his first professional NFL action, and he is exceeding and exceedingly very impressively so on that end of things. Very, very good to see from him. Uh, Hawks uh, defensive line was not able to supply a lot of pressure. You did slide into more of those four-man fronts like you have tended to do throughout the course of this season. Not a lot of guys were able to bring very much pressure. Boye Mafe was one of those guys in this game. He got his first sack. He had a couple of other good pressure-based moments here from from this contest. Good to see from him as he seems to be coming along as a pass rusher. We definitely was missing his presence last week, but the pass rush does still remain a bit of a question mark as it does currently stand as you're not necessarily getting consistent pressure. You're still allowing a lot of just clean pockets at times for the quarterback to sit there and kind of pick things apart. We'll see if the defense starts to maybe dial up a few more of those pressure-based looks because as I said, they are having a tremendous amount of success with it. The special teams unit absolutely did their part today. Hawks this offseason started off with one of the first couple signings that they made as they signed Jason Myers to a $5 million a year deal, um, making him one of the highest paid kickers in the entire sport. You signed Nick Ballore to a contract extension, a, a coverage unit guy, you know, special teams guy only really in how you view him. This is after last year, of course, signing Michael Dixon to a contract extension. Well, Jason Myers today showed you why the Hawks made him that highest paid kicker or near to be the highest paid kicker in the sport as he was five of five on field goal attempts. Hawks were getting down, getting a scoring drive every time, couldn't punch it in early there, but you needed his field goals. You needed his field goals to help you run away in this game and get this spread out to where you could get this comfortable. And him hitting every one of those kicks made this game more comfortable, made this not have to go down the wire, made us not have to revisit the heart attack Hawks in this football game. And so you got to give Myers his props here, making every one of those kicks Fantastic to see. DJ Dallas had some good returns. Michael Dixon had a couple of two, only had to punt twice, but those were two solid punts. Seahawks special teams unit again showing you why they're one of the better units in all of football and why they are a key part to this team and helping this team win football games. It all worked together today as far as the team performance goes on that with it all working together. Offense drove the day, but the other parts of the team had to do their part here to kind of bring this game out to the other side of it. It was an offensive powerhouse of a game. It really was. And the defense did just enough, but this is kind of the formula that's been set in play for this team for this upcoming season. So there wasn't really any surprises from our standpoint and looking at that. The offensive line did yeoman's work out there. You've got backups across the board, Stone Forsythe, Jake Curran. If we come out to eventually becoming a contender this year, we're going to have to give a big tip of the cap to those guys as helping hold the line until the starters could come back because you really do need those two starting tackles to be at your best. But Stone and Jake have done their part. They have done way better than we could have ever asked them to do in this upcoming uh, couple week period where they're going to have to kind of hold that line, hold the water here until your starters can return. But big time props to them. Big times props to Geno Smith and uh, Waldron again for doing what they did. And hey, Jake Bobo coming in, getting his first touchdown reception of the year, which was great to see. He did it on a route that you would see him do at UCLA, which you get him down in the red zone, out of the slot. You give him a little bit of an option route. He is just about nearly impossible to cover when he gets to the stem of his route because you just seem to catch these cornerbacks, especially when they're down in the red zone. You saw this all over his UCLA tape where they just end up wanting to pick one way or the other the where they think he's going to break. They're trying to anticipate his break rather than move with his break. And then he's got him. Then he breaks open, just like he did there. Goes up, high points the ball, gets the two feet down. There's just something special about this Bobo kid, isn't there? I'm not saying he's going to be a special player, but there's just something There's something about him. I don't know. He's got a little bit of pixie dust over the top of those shoulders or something going on. I don't know what it is. Good win for your Seattle Seahawks. The schedule's going to get tougher going down the line here. You've got to make hay right now while the sun is shining. The schedule's a little bit easier on the front side of this. It's going to get tougher down the line. Two games against the Niners, a game against the Eagles, a game against the Baltimore Ravens, a game against the Dallas Cowboys. So it didn't get any easier down there. Get some wins stacked up now. Get some room 
for air. And that is what the Seahawks are setting the stage for. One final tip of the cap to you, the 12th man. You did your part today. I've been a little bit hard on you recently because there's times I go in that stadium in recent years and it hasn't felt as loud as in recent years past. Well, today you answered that call in a big way. Your defense needed that help. They needed that boon. They needed that bounce. They needed that push. And you brought it today. You had, what, eight false start penalties here from the Carolina Panthers. It was a game reminiscent to me of the 2005 New York Giant game where the 12th man basically won that game, getting like 12 false start penalties. And it was along the same lines today. You had Andy Dalton up at the line of scrimmage, constantly trying to change plays and communicate with everybody on the offensive line. You don't do that in Lumen. You ain't going to do that in our house. You don't get to change the play. You run the play as is called. No audibles here, sucker. And it was nice to see the 12th man getting loud today. You saw him when they went to shots of him of everybody up on their feet. There was less of shots of the crowd of people just sitting there stuffing their face full of pretzels. But the 12s were loud and they showed you today why they can be the best fan base in all the NFL when we're going strong like we were today. Props to you, 12th man, on helping your defense out. They needed it. They needed that energy. Bring it every week when you're in that stadium. Keep it coming because it does help this team. You have a tangible effect on the game when you bring it like you brought it today. A big win for your Seattle Seahawks. Let's keep this ball rolling in next week with the New York Giants, but let's also savor the flavor of this one right here and now. Good to see the Hawks to do this. This is how the formula is set up. We got the Cavalry returning soon. You're going to get your backup tackles back. Haynes is going to come back. Jamal Adams is going to come back. Tariq Wollen is going to come back. They're all due to arrive and arrive back very soon, which will only help to make this team even stronger. And let's see if we can get ourselves into that contender state. Big win for your Hawks. Let's keep it going. Hopefully you're, you're excited on this win. A very entertaining game at that. Please, my fellow Seahawks fans, though, don't you ever forget, go Hawks. Go Hawks.